Are you ready to feel understood and empowered? Are you ready to grow and glow? Tired of receiving bad advice from family and friends? Want to understand why therapy isn't a bad word? You're in the right place and in good hands. I'm Shamir Holmes, a licensed professional counselor. And I'm Erica Talbert, a licensed and marriage family therapist. And we are here to address mental health challenges and modern day issues in the Black community. Welcome to another episode of Trust Us. We're almost doctors. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second installment of Trust Us, We're Almost Doctors. I'm Shamir Holmes, licensed professional counselor. And I'm Erica Talbert, licensed and marriage family therapist. And joining us today is a very special guest. Uh, He's all of five years old, 13 pounds, little Oliver Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ollie. (laughs) Auntie Erica and friends. Ollie is our official... um, podcast mascot if you will he's my little shih tzu (laughs) and so he is joining us he might make several guest appearances in some of the episodes but we're so happy that you joined us on today we're going to be addressing an issue that has been tried and true since the beginning of time common problems that couples face within relationships and so to get things started we want to just kind of survey where all this kind of comes from the type of work that Erica and I have done with couples. And hopefully we can offer you some uh, steadfast solutions as to how to make your your union better, stronger, more meaningful uh, if you are currently struggling. And, you know, if you look at uh, the most current statistics, probably with the divorce rate on the rise, especially after the year 2020, it is no surprise that a lot of people are kind of second guessing or questioning whether or not they're in the right relationship or if they want something more. And those are totally acceptable, totally normal questions. And we're here to shed some light on some of these common problems, where they manifest from, how you can make it better. So Erica, I'm going to kick things off by asking you first and foremost, as an LMFT extraordinaire, what exactly has been your experience working with couples? What sorts of things uh, can you speak to issues that you've seen in the counseling room over and over again? Yes, I would love to answer that. That's a great question. So as a licensed and marriage family therapist, I definitely have experienced couple dynamics in various ways. So since I primarily work with children and youth, I pretty much have seen them in the family dynamics in which there's conflict in parenting styles, upbringing of how they're going to address current issues with the child, like whether rewarding or punishment system and not being able to come to an agreement or having different views on religious backgrounds and trying to figure out what um, would be compatible for the child or how they're gonna upbring them or how they'll uh, share or spend the holidays and so forth. So resolving some of those issues are some of the things that I have seen in the couple's dynamic. In addition, I've also worked with couples without uh, children that are coming in to kind of figure out um, is this person the one for me? You know, they're at that phase where they're considering engagement and pre-engagement counseling is something that they're looking into to see if they're going to be compatible, um, if they could envision themselves long terms because there are some red flags or some communication issues that they're um, kind of 
overshadowing the relationship and they're not really sure if they can compromise or come to agreement. So they need a neutral person to kind of discuss some of the challenges that they're facing and see if this is something that could really work with them. I also worked with couples that have been married for quite some time and they're kind of plateauing in their marriage because um, the fire has kind of blown out and they're trying to figure out how to rekindle or reignite the passion and so forth or infidelity has occurred and they're trying to figure out ways to rebuild or regain trust. So I have worked with couples in many different ways. With couple relationship, as any other relationship, it comes with its challenges, but it's also beautiful um, when we're able to work those challenges or work through those challenges challenges and so forth. So with the couple system, um, it can be very uncomfortable. It can mm-hmm. be painful because this is someone that you you care so deeply about and when hurt occurs when someone disappoints one another it can feel like you know sometimes it's the end of the world or I've had it up to here I don't want to do it anymore um and sometimes we forget about those happy memories or what initially brought uh the individuals together and have to kind of kind of re-explore you know what all um started the relationship some of the perks, some of the things that they found in one another that they weren't able to find in other relationships or they don't find in other relationships Mm -hmm. and so forth. So my experience with couples have been wonderful, challenging, beautiful. Um, It's a journey that I always enjoy when I'm working with couples because it is very unique Uh, in comparison to when you're doing like individual counseling and so forth, because you have two people um, that love each other, but also have challenges, like I said, as any other relationship. Um, So I know like I have had experiences working with couples and you have too, Shamir. So I'm just wondering what are some like common things or challenges you notice in couples work? Yes. So, and thank you for providing such a lovely answer, Erica. You are such a um, an at little expert over there with all things systems and uh, couples, and <clears throat> just you bring so much to the table. So, I want to acknowledge that and say thank you if, for all the hard work that you do, and I'm sure that so many lives, numerous lives that you've touched throughout the years. So, in my work, in listening to you, you hit so much on the head it's usually a couple will show up to me in the counseling room where things have kind of gone awry and it almost feels like this is way too late in the game and they should have sought some type of treatment or counsel probably like many months, many years, many moons ago. Um, And I will say that it all boils, usually it all boils down to communication. And when they show up in the counseling room, Erica, it feels like World War III where you have to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you feel me on that one because I'm sure you've yes, been there. Yes. Where a lot of people, either new therapists or people from the outside looking in, will say, Oh, I could never be a couple's like therapist. I could never do family. I could never do mm-hmm. um, you know, marriage counseling because it's too much of an intense um yeah. tennis match almost. It's literally yeah. back and forth. And you have mm-hmm. two unique and um, you know, interesting people that have had their own lived experiences, their own individual upbringings, their own value system, 
uh, morals, core beliefs, core values. And with that always comes some area of dysfunction or deficiency. We're all human. We're all flawed Mm -hmm. um, in some way, shape or form. So you're bringing all this together into one unit. So, you know, it's going to be chaotic at times, but I think we as systems thinkers really thrive in that because it's like, let's just try to reorient them to deescalate yeah. a lot of times and to help them get to the heart of the matter. And like you said, it's like, obviously many moons ago, there was something that you saw in one another that you really loved or appreciated, or you responded to. So it all can't be shit essentially there had to be there had to be some like goodness in the beginning right but time after time as we know with all things including relationships and interpersonal communication and dynamics things do erode and they rust if you don't tend to them Mm. and so I would say some of the common themes that have presented themselves in my counseling office are communication problems usually there's a complaint of not seeing eye to eye, not being on the same page, or sometimes just a lack of communication. People don't even know how to communicate with their spouse. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is the person that you married, that you chose, and hopefully you're actively choosing day after day. And you can't really hold a conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, other than what's surfacy. That always blows my mind. It's just like, this is supposed to be your partner in life. And you can't really come up with a lot of things to talk about, or you don't, you're not comfortable within yourself or within this relationship to really open up and to let that person see you, right? We talk about intimacy a lot, into mm-hmm. me see. Uh, this is someone that you're either considering spending the rest of your life with, or if they are married, your, um, your spouse, your mate, your partner, you're not even comfortable to divulge what matters the most in your life or what your deepest innermost thoughts are. And I find that really discouraging. There is hope, but you should check in with yourself. If you don't feel comfortable for some reason, or you can't be very vulnerable or transparent, the chances are there's some sort of communication uh, hindrance there. And we would need to work on that. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. No, I no, go you, for it. Erica. When you mentioned that, it made me think of even especially with millennial couples and young couples in the technology. Uh, I the know that is yes. Smartphones at the dinner table yes, on date always. nights and all of that. I'm like, okay, put the phones away. This is just a time for you both to be engaged with one another. Or Mm -hmm. if you're coming home from work and they want to mindlessly scroll on social media or on Facebook or check emails and so Mm -hmm. forth and making sure that they set set aside designated time to really just create an intimate moment with one another, whether it's watching a movie with no distractions or playing a game or anything like that. These are recommendations or suggestions that we always try to give. And some people are like, oh, that should be common. No, it's not common for a lot of couples. A lot of times they, they're new to the dating game or they grew up in a family where there's not a lot of engagement or communication. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's kind of normal to, you know, not really have a lot of conversation or not to um, get really deeply connected or get to know one another in deep conversations and so forth. So it's kind of like teaching them how to do that in Mm -hmm. therapy, which is very important to rebuild or rekindle some of the intimacy that might be missing or some of the things they're saying, you know, I'm not feeling connected to my partner. Well, well, let's explore why. And so these are some of the things that, you know, come, come up. So, yes. And that's an excellent point. And 
more often than not, unfortunately, uh, sometimes the mistress or the other man in the relationship tends to be our iPhone. Yeah. Um, our smart device. And it's yeah. a shame. It's technology is a wonderful, beautiful thing. I will never deny that. But when it comes to matters of the heart and actual engaging in relationships and being present and just showing up, there's a lot to be said for how it can cause more harm than good a lot of times. And all the doom scrolling, you know, as you describe checking our newsfeed, yeah. checking Instagram, checking Facebook time and time again, after a while, you have to be real with yourself and be like, okay, you know, it's one thing to have a smartphone. It's one thing to have all these um, apps and this connectivity, but like, do these things actually have a hold on me? Yeah. And I think that's anytime you're at the dinner table and you can't even look up for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes to converse with your significant other or your friends or your family member. Yeah. I think that's a, a tried and true sign that there's an issue. Yeah. And um, it's time to put the phone down. And sometimes I, I can attest to a lot of patients who I've worked with for the sake of showing up for their loved one, they know that it's an issue. They know it's very highly addictive. They'll say, I have to go put my uh, cell phone away in the bedroom and then come back down into like the living room or whatever shared space to watch the movie without any interruptions. And I think that's very wise. It's just like, you know, men, women, know yourself, know thyself. If you know that you're going to be wrapped up and tied up in what's going on in social media or your news alerts, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with putting the phone away closing the door and then just devoting your all in all to that one person or those persons that you're trying to be mm -hmm. present with. And so that actually something you said about, I'm not feeling connected. There's some intimacy issues. Lack of sexual intimacy is a huge one for couples. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the amount of folks throughout the, the years that I've been practicing have told me they either grew up in families where their mom and dad slept in separate bedrooms mm -hmm. under the same roof, mm -hmm. or over time, the intimacy just kind of uh, erodes to the point where uh, this it's a sexless marriage. And a lot of people are like a sexless marriage. Like that can't be like that. It's impossible, but it's more common than we mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And then sexual or emotional infidelity, you know, when mm -hmm. someone struggles and they step out, they're not um, leaning on their person or their partner. And unfortunately they're getting their needs met um, outside of the, the marriage or the relationship. Mm -hmm. And they unfortunately get caught up in what Jada Pinkett Smith has uh, <laughs> has entitled the entanglement. This oh, you know yeah. seasons see, <laughs> seasons of entanglement, or you know there is an indiscretion committed, and then once mm. that happens, you know some for some folks that's a deal breaker in their marriage. Some other issues, Erica, I would say would be finances. Lots of fights about money. I think money. And probably communication and sex are probably your top three in terms of why people just call it quits and they walk away. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to look at emotional maturity, emotional intelligence. Not everybody's on the same wavelength who's in a marriage mm -hmm. or a relationship. And then selfishness, values, morals, uh, religious beliefs, as you hit on different life stages, different things as, as people evolve, you might be on one page, your partner's on another, and maybe you just mm -hmm. kind of grow apart. I think that's a natural thing that happens. Yeah. And you soon realize as unfortunate as it is, not only is it very common, but you just discover that, you know, the person that you, you started with isn't the person that you're going to end with. And you both want two solely different things in life. So I would say those are probably some of the biggest challenges due to COVID and life in the pandemic and like more and more increased rates of divorces and separations. 
I think a lot of people got to know people for who they are and they had to get real with themselves. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think politics is definitely going to make it in that top 10 list, uh, given the most recent administration that we saw. And thank God we saw them come and go. Um, But that was a tumultuous four years. And it's so unfortunate that it did cause a rift in a lot of partnerships, Mm -hmm. relationships, friendships, families, and marriages, Mm -hmm. Uh, political affiliation, and your your overall social outlooks and and beliefs, I think, are definitely um, some issues that come up for couples nowadays. Yeah. And I think you touched on so many topics that pretty much are barriers that we sometimes identify um, that prevent couples from having a fulfilling relationship. So when we're talking about a lack of communication, a lack of connection, um, differences in opinions and views and not being able to still love and accept that person and wanting them to be like a minion or a a reflection of who they are, Mm -hmm. that kind of prevents couples from really feeling like, okay, this is the one for me because you have such a different view or you like this, or like you mentioned before in COVID, you got to learn your partner in a new and different way. And so some of the times like, oh, this is, you're still here. Like, this is what you do all day. You didn't bathe, (laughs) you didn't wash or- Yes, it's real, so real. And it's just like, what in the world am I, like who in the world am I living with? Like, who who is you? Essentially, like who is you? Because you're not the person I walk down the aisle with. (laughs) Right, right. And accepting who they are becomes very challenging because you're like, this is not the person I envision. And sometimes we have this ideal person or we compare relationships to again, social media has been a big thing or, you know, ideal couples they see in the celebrity world or in um, different postings. Oh, they did this. So for their date night, you never do this for me or anything like that. And they get stuck in this comparison trap. And it's like, you know, you don't know what happens behind the scenes in that relationship or what trials or failures they had or anything they may have had to uh, work through to get to that place or so forth. But that, you know, often impedes on the relationship and makes people discontent and think that they can find better or do better, or there's more in their marriage or relationship than what they're getting. Um, And just feeling like maybe this isn't the one for me, or I am so unhappy with this relationship. I need to just go find what I'm looking for. My, you know, fairy husband (laughs) or whatever. I think I could get my Denzel or my Morris Chestnut (laughs) or my Michael B. Jordan, (laughs) Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Yes. Or my Asian Bay from Insecure. (laughs) Yes. And so, and it's like these shows and movies and they come up with this image, um, this fantasy that they have. um, And it kind of ruptures the relationship because they're going off and they're comparing it and so forth. So I I think that's one of another uh, factor that people have to consider. It's like, it's not 
as uh, it's unrealistic expectations that we sometimes bring to the table in our relationship that can totally. make it unfulfilling. Um, and sometimes we got to be real with ourselves about, you know, what's out there, what we can get, what are some of the great traits of our partners um, that we admire and what originally brought us to this person or that individual and so forth um and even for the guys you know sometimes they looking for these models or the holly berry and kim Kardashian, yeah all them and stuff like oh yeah got the looks and stuff but you don't know that if the attitude or they want like the whole gucci bags and all that other stuff and it's like oh it's not Mm -hmm. really what i thought it would be and so Mm -hmm. forth so yeah it's a lot of things that Mm -hmm. um you have to consider in these relationships and stuff so My question for you, because I know sometimes when we're looking and we're comparing ourselves to um, other individuals or other relationships, it can impede upon the self-esteem and Mm -hmm. who they are, what they're able to bring to the table and so forth. So what recommendations do you have for couples um, facing relationship challenges due to low self-esteem? That's a, that's an excellent question, Erica. And I think, unfortunately, we live in a society where everything now is show me, show me, show me, or it it didn't, if you don't post about it, it didn't happen. Mm. Um, And don't get me wrong. I think social media is a wonderful marketing tool and communication tool. And if it's used correctly, um, you know, it, it, it launches beautiful things, but then you have people who might already suffer with low self-esteem to your question or have high anxiety, Mm -hmm. or are miserable within their relationship. And so when you're kind of predisposed to those uh, mental health conditions or mindsets, things like social media can really make things a lot more difficult. And we fall into the comparison trap a lot Mm -hmm. of times. And as uh, the old adage says that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And so not everyone is on the level of celebrity, right? Not everybody can go to Saint-Tropez or to the south of France, or to Croatia, like Jay and Bay, Um, (laughs) and hats off to them, you know, not hating whatsoever, because that's not in my spirit to be an envious person. It's like they've worked hard, they've accumulated that wealth, and that's the lifestyle that they're now afforded. But when you have someone who is, let's just say an everyday person, you're probably a wonderful person, your partner's a wonderful person, but because you're so entrenched and in, in, engulfed with what Instagram is saying or suggesting, you're going to like fall short or never measure up to that standard mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have to really be real with ourselves, like because Jay-Z and Beyonce can live a certain lifestyle that might not necessarily be in the cards for all of us. And like normalizing that I think is important because not, let's face it, not everybody's a J or a B. Right. Um, <clears throat> you need to maybe... Uh, get comfortable and content with the fact that your partner can take you out to a lovely dinner and just have like a nice, um, you know, standard date night or night Mm -hmm. on the town. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to compare all the time, you're always going to end up feeling like you are dealt a bad hand or that Mm -hmm. you're falling short or you're not measuring up or you don't have enough or you need more. Mm -hmm. Talk about a recipe for low self-esteem and misery compare yourself to other people Mm -hmm. and like report back to us where it gets you. It's, it's a trap and there's definitely, um, there's a, it's a no-win situation any way you slice it. 
I would recommend to all men and women who are entering into relationships with baggage, which we all bring to the table in some way, shape or form, or with low self-esteem problems, if there's like a self-love or a self-worth deficit, it's so vitally important to do your own work. I think Mm. before you enter into any relationship, even just to make yourself a better friend to folks and individuals, you need to be doing your own therapy Mm -hmm. to work out the kinks and work out uh, difficulties that you have struggled with within yourself. Because I don't think that there's any relationship, excuse me, or marriage that essentially completes us. I think that the goal at the end of the day is to be a very fulfilled, whole, complete entire person in and of yourself. And then when the stars align and you come across someone with mutual understanding and a lot of commonality who has shared interests, shared goals, shared morals uh, with you, when you have all those shared things in common, it's one complete person uniting with another complete person and you're just enriching your lives all the more and you're thriving and you're growing and you're evolving. And it's not so much that they complete you, but you're both supposed to be enriching and informing and enhancing each other. And that gives your partner a break because you then become the sole source of your happiness. You don't depend on anybody else, namely the person that you're in love with to make you happy. I think we put way too much pressure, way too many expectations on the people that we are in relationship with. And again, that's another uh, sure way for failure or for significant disappointment. So do your own work figure out who you are as an individual, be crystal clear in that so you have an elevated level of healthy self-esteem and self-love. And then the person you get with, they're just going to make your life all the richer. You're not gonna be in a very unhealthy codependent dynamic, but instead you're gonna be thriving, that individual's gonna be thriving and it should just be more thriving, multiplied if that makes sense. Just a, a whole boatload of fabulosity. But don't show up to a relationship thinking someone's supposed to reparent you and don't show up to a relationship thinking that they are supposed to fix your stuff. That's not fair. And being a mature, sensible adult, you should know that that's a task that nobody, no matter how much they love you, how much they're there for you is supposed to take on in their life. So do you go get your therapy. Yes. Yes. And if they want to take you to Red Lobster for some okay. Enjoy those biscuits. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Don't bring them down. Don't bring them down. You know, we (laughs) let them do what, you know, if it's coming from the heart. Absolutely. We have to show appreciation to Bay because they work hard to. That's right. (laughs) It might not be a Birkin bag. Yeah. This individual might, I mean, realistically, who among us can really afford Birkin, Gucci, yeah. all these things? It's it's a very few and far between amount of people. God bless those that can, but it's like maybe your boo is on a Michael Kors budget. Mm-hmm. Work, you know, meet the person where they are. That's what we don't do yeah. enough of in life. Compassion, empathy, meeting somebody where they're at and taking it on that level. Yes, yes. So thank you, Shamir, for those wonderful tips. And I hope they are very helpful for our listeners and viewers and so forth because we really want everyone to thrive in their relationship and so forth so we thank you for listening and we hope you join us for our next episode yes thank you so much as always we thank you so much for tuning in this episode as with every episode is dedicated to the legendary miss oprah winfrey hashtag oprah come find us Hashtag Oprah, we love you. We'd also like to send a major shout out and thanks to our incredible producer extraordinaire, Dave Grisbowski. <laughs>